Hello and welcome. I'm Joanna Junak and this is GFN News on GFN.tv. In today's program we talk with Dr. Caroline Beaumont from Australia, a general practitioner and authorized prescriber of nicotine who strongly advocates for healthier alternatives to smoking through her work in the tobacco harm reduction field. Thank you, Caroline, for joining us today. First, can you tell us what you do and what is your area of interest? Hey, um, so what do I do? Well, I'm a, I am a, a GP and I, I do that part-time, but um, over the last three years, uh, more and more my area of interest has become in the field of tobacco harm reduction. Uh, so I started uh, prescribing uh, nicotine for ex-smokers in Australia about three years ago. Um, and we need to prescribe in Australia because it, it is the prescription model and there were very few doctors who were doing that. So, um, yeah, I learned everything from Dr. Colin Mendelssohn, who I think is very well known. And, uh, yeah, he's really been my mentor with all of this. And it, it's gradually become sort of um, more and more a part of my my life, I guess, my passion about um, tobacco harm reduction and becoming an advocate for it. And so... Yeah, now I've I've cut down my normal GP hours quite considerably, and 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 spending more time with this, and also creating education programs. Um, I've been rolling them out to some schools about issues of black market vaping last year, and then this year looking at doing some more with doctor education as well, and and hopefully getting out to some high risk communities in Australia of heavy smokers and talking to them more about tobacco harm reduction. Um, so yeah, it just started as a, a little area of interest and it's really become this of a, a major part of, of my life as a doctor now. You focus on helping the people who need reduced risk products the most, whatever they gender. Could you tell us more about the difficulties smokers face when trying to quit, especially if they don't have access to nicotine vapes? Yes. Oh um yeah so many difficulties and I until I started working in this area I had no appreciation of it whatsoever um, because, you know, I'm a non-smoker myself and we're never really taught, taught the um, complexities of this in medical school. But um, I guess, I mean, in terms of the big difficulties, firstly, it's, it's generally something that they've started when they were a teenager, um, usually because of curiosity, everyone else is doing it, growing up, in a, um, you know, with a smoking background, um, so they've just had years of exposure to it, first of all, and then it becomes habitual. It becomes, um, you know, part of their life, their social group, um, that, you know, smoking environments are the norm for them. So that becomes a barrier to quitting. Um, and then as much as they want to quit, um, the, you know, that the realities of the um, how strong nicotine addiction is, um, you know, just become so, so hard to, to um, sort of get get past them, I, I guess for them, and um, you know they'll they generally they'll have tried the nicotine replacement therapies, so they'll usually have given um, you know a good go with the patches, um, got the gums, the inhalers, the mists, those sorts of options. Um, there, there's um, Champix as well, and generally, and well, I, I see the I see the patients where these things don't work so I, I hear the you know the bad stories about it but the, but the big reasons why these other options don't work are usually a mixture of side effects so things like um, headache nausea 
um, bad taste, things like Champex can cause worsened mental health, really bad nightmares as well, um, or they just don't work as well. They just don't stop the cravings. So a mixture of side effects not being effective and also the cost can be quite prohibitive as well. Um, so, you know, they'll, they'll often have tried, uh, we've got in Australia the, the Quit Line, which is a, a government-funded um, counselling service, um, and, you know, I know it certainly can be beneficial, but, but um, for all of the heavy adult smokers I see, it's just, look, it, it might be a, maybe a bit tokenistic. Sometimes they feel that they've been they're being spoken down to or the person is reading off a script or they might send them a fridge magnet or, you know, say chew gum. So it's sort of not, not terribly effective um, techniques often that they're offered. Um, so, yeah, then they just go back to, to smoking. Um, and then the the issue has been in Australia that um, if they access vaping, it might be effective, but then they're using it illegally because unless they have a prescription, you know that's um, yeah that becomes a problem. And you know a lot of a lot of people don't want to run that risk, or they'll they'll be accessing black market products. So that's sort of the yeah the, the many barriers that there's. You know, I, I just would never have really been able to understand this. And I think the other. I suppose the other barriers to stopping is that people use the nicotine um, to help medicate. So, for example, there's um, coexisting ADHD is not uncommon, and they'll say the smoking helps them with that, but they find vaping is even more effective at helping the ADHD. Um, but also they'll use smoking as a way to not use other drugs, for example. Um, but again, I've been quite interested to hear that they find vaping is even better at that so i'm not sure what's going on there but they yeah they tend to say you know the smoking was helping with their adhd or their drug use but the vaping is even more effective at that you provide nicotine scripts for adult smokers can you tell us more about this project yeah so so it's um it's through telehealth so it'll be it's an online service and so it'll be, um, you know, people from all around Australia. And they, so that they book the consult with me and then they access a questionnaire and that's quite comprehensive. And I've, I've developed that. It's, I keep tweaking it as I learn more and more about the sorts of, um, you know, questions and subtleties of, of um, nicotine use that I want to find out and, I, you know, add more and more into, into that. So there'll be, you know, quite a drop-down list maybe of what's improved in their life with vaping and um, why, you know, what, what would happen if they couldn't access vaping um, le legally, what would they do? So I'm getting quite a quite a big data pool of um, of responses now, which is really interesting. Uh, but, yeah, essentially they, they go through that process. So I collect the information about their medical history, um, their level of, of smoking, level of addiction, what they've tried, why it has, why it hasn't worked. And then most, the, the majority are already vaping anyway, so they actually know what they want, um, maybe 5% are brand new to it and, need more guidance, which I can give guidance about the different types of products as well. Um, but yeah, quite commonly they they're new, they're officially new to vaping, but they will have been using Sally Friends vapes for a few months. And so that they know the strength and they, they know the brand. Um, yeah. So then I give them a script. It's quite flexible. So sometimes they like to order monthly or three monthly. Uh, so I keep it flexible. I, I um, keep it as an up to 
sort of script so they can order up to a certain limit. So it's fairly generous. So it gives them the capacity to, you know, make the choices themselves and then there'll be repeats on it. So they don't have to come back and get another script for 12 months, um, which can seem like quite a long time and there's always that balance between how much do I, um, you know, have review with them um, versus how much time do I as a single person have, you know, servicing many, many um, vapors in Australia. So, yeah, it seems to work having that balance where they they maybe can order three-month supply, have their repeats, and then, yeah, we chat in 12 months and we have, you know, have wonderful conversations, even though it's usually virtually. Um, yeah, getting, you know, now I've been doing it for about three years, sort of getting getting a really nice little cohort of people now. So, so it's quite a community. You've mentioned young people and their access to black market nicotine products. Can you tell us more about the education sessions you provide and why it's so important? Yes. Yeah, well, um, look, uh, I guess black, black market um, disposables are just absolutely rife in Australia, um, you know, in large part because there are no uh, approved products. And so it's... I mean, it's just even the adults, your vast majority of adult vapors will be using black market products as well, but it's absolutely flooding schools um, and the, they're so easy to access. And, and um, you know, the, the concern, it's the concern to me, it's not so much that it's going to turn a generation of, of youth into smokers because the data just does not suggest that at all. But the concern is that, that they're accessing, um, you know, very poor quality, poorly regulated poor electrical, um, yeah, the, the electrical hazards in these devices are quite scary. So um, there, there's just nothing regulated about these products. So, um, yeah, for uh, the, the education program started more talking just about vaping itself and the issues with vaping, but it started to focus more and more on the, the black market aspect of that because, to me, that's that's the bigger problem, really. Um, and I used to be a teacher many, many years ago, so I've always enjoyed um, working in schools. I love, you know, working with kids. And, yeah, I just saw this as a as an area that, hey, you know, I can bring my my two interests sort of together. So it's just something that I, I trialled at my, um, my daughter's secondary school, much to her embarrassment <laughs> there's mum up there so I should run away and hide um but yeah I just started trialing it and the yeah the principal was really interested then I, I gave a parents information evening and then spoke to some year nine students and some of the year sevens and yeah it's just been it's just been a, um, a sort of an evolving process so I've, I've probably presented to about six local schools now and um, I guess in terms of this year, I'm not sure how much I'll focus on that because I am wanting to get more education um, towards GPs and, and adults at high risk of smoking. Um, but yeah, we'll just sort of see what happens with these school programs. I, I think the the other um, the other key reason why I've started doing it is um, because it look I, I think it's it's very important for anyone working in the THR field to you know to be taking really seriously the issue of youth vaping as well as, um, you know, the, the importance of THR for adults. And in Australia, for example, 
most of the media is just full of bad news stories about vaping, that it's it's an issue with the youth, and we never hear about the adult THR benefits. So my way of thinking was, well, okay, I'm active in the adult THR field, but let's get more of a media profile. Let's be known a bit more for very actively educating youth, and then they might be more likely to listen also to my other message about adult THR. So I'm, I'm trying to do my bit to... Um, make the whole conversation, I guess, not about either youth vaping issues or adult THR, but part of a whole, you know, important spectrum, which is about um, we need to have good, safe, regulated, approved products that adults can access easily, which will also help prevent a black market for youth. So that's my ideal. <laughs> Thank you, Caroline. That's all for today. Tune in next time here on GFN TV or on our GFN TV podcast. You can also find transcriptions of each episode on the GFN TV website. Thanks for watching or listening. See you next time.